This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be nation, welcome to episode 35 of Chicken Salad. My name's Bedlock, and let's bring in my two co-hosts. First of all is a man still recovering from possibly the greatest, the grandest, and the most liveliest pay-per-view watch-along in the history of pay-per-view watch-alongs we have done here on The Place to Be. It's Mr. Logan Crosland. Good evening, Logan. Some may say it was even the Liberty, Justice, and For All EST twitch call of all time so yeah there there's that um but yeah great to be here yes um and you know logan did logan did very well uh having to put up with me for two nights um being complimentary about the usos and and charlotte flair and um not and going a bit crazy when cody lost i think i'm the only person in the world who actually enjoyed that <laughs> <I don't, laughs> maybe, maybe that's just me <laughs> Yeah, everybody else lost their fucking mind about it. So yeah, I well, I, no, were... I lost, I lost my fucking mind about it. We're in a good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got you. <laughs> okay, second of all is a man who couldn't get make it to the Masters this year, so he decided to join us tonight, as well as just about recovering from his man Drew choking again. It's Callum McDougal. Good evening, um, Drew. Didn't choke. Drew didn't didn't choke Drew let Gunter win Because he wanted Gunter To have his Wrestlemania moment Ah, Um, Like Drew Like Drew had a couple years ago Um, It was the great EST Wrestlemania moment of all time And uh, Thank you for bringing up for the fact that I'm not at the Masters This year as well but next year I'm planning my way I am going to become the um, Asia Pacific Amateur Champion uh, and qualify through that way. So I will be in Augusta next year. Well done. So that, Thank that, you. Does that make you like the most benevolent EST wrestler around then? Absolutely. As well as the sordid EST wrestler uh, of all time. Very good. Very good. See, we, we all we all learn. too much spelling going on in this part so far. There's also too many Brits for Cody Rhodes to be on. <laughs> listen, listen to the Twitch for that one. <laughs> Poor Cody. Do you feel sorry for? Me? No, actually, I don't feel sorry for him at all. What do I say? <laughs> okay, German. We are not alone tonight, as we have a very special guest with us. He is on a whole variety of shows around here, such as the Extreme Three Way Dance and the GC Dub Pod on the North South Connection, as well as being one sixth of the Highway to the Impact Zone six pack on the Place to Be Nation. It is the man who owns Peacock himself, Mr. Matt Souza. Good evening to you, Matt. WrestleMania correspondent reporting for duty. Uh, gentlemen, it is an honor and a privilege to return uh, to the chicken salad. And I think out of everybody here, I am the happy EST person to be here. 
Absolutely, absolutely. But you didn't make us happy, Matt, because we gave you the pick this month. So why don't you tell the ladies and gentlemen what show it was that you went for? Well, you see, uh, uh, I went ahead and subjected. I mean, uh, chose uh, to watch uh, WrestleMania 11, uh, which is a uh, a show that I f- is often talked about as one of the worst manias of all time. So I figured, uh, what better time than now to find out if that is the case or not? Excellent, excellent. Now, obviously, this just goes back to 995. Um, I am guessing, like, you guys would have all been about four or five at this point. So, no, none of you will mm-hmm. have five, I'm guessing. But, you know, I'm just reminding everybody that I'm a bit older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, was a, I was about one and a half, so, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, okay. I, was, I was four on the nose. Get you show off. <laughs> I, was, I was also... No, I would have been three and a half. Three and mm. a half. I would have been... We we were just about we were just about in the getting pay per view live stage at this point, but I, I don't think I'd have watched this on Sky, not live anyway. I'd have I'd have taken remember Video Plus, Callum. I'd have Video Plus this. Is, is that is that where you could is that where you could make your tape long play and no, that's the one keep it for you, longer. It was the one where you typed your numbers in to set your recording. Oh yeah, we had that, but it never worked. I, well, I, Logan, we, what are they talking about? Ye oldy British stuff. I mean, there's going nation, there's going niche. You it, know? Was, it was, it was, it was like TiVo before TiVo was a thing. Yes, but uh, me and my dad were never tech savvy enough to actually get it to work. <laughs> I, I just sit back and shut up when they start talking Britishisms, Matt. That's <laughs> British. So, say the American boys that we talked too much about. <laughs> I didn't say it. Cody, Cody Rhodes over there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've mentioned him far too much tonight. We're gonna, I know we're probably going to mention him again later on. But... Honestly, Logan's sitting over there, one neck tattoo away from being full-on Cody Devante Rhodes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I did, I did name my child after Ben's favourite female wrestler. So I mean I, I I'm already on his bad side. Mula Crosland. Oh. <laughs> Mula. You I didn't say my least favorite female wrestler. <laughs> oh my mistake, my mistake. I was thinking you need a Mula one. <laughs> okay, uh, check, uh, back to you, Callum. Um, so when did you first watch this show? Oh God, um, when the when the network came out, I think. I don't. I, I never. I never watched it because, like, pre-network, I I'd heard it was like <laughs> the worst WrestleMania of all time. I never got the tagged classic and never really had any desire to go and seek it out elsewhere. So probably the network came out. I think. Yeah, you mean you weren't interested in the? You weren't interested in like old retired football players. Well, I mean, the draw of of the main event, including a New York football giant, is a, is a big one. But I'd rather watch LT smash people up for the Giants as opposed to watching them smash up Bam Bam Bigelow. And 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 like other other than that, where the Blue Brothers really going to draw me to, to a WrestleMania card? Probably not. There's a joke there about LT smashing people up that I must not make. I'll just. <laughs> Um, same question to you, Matt. Did, were you were you uh, were you started? Did you watch this for the first time when the network kicked in, or did you subject yourself beforehand? 
No, uh, the first time I watched it was when that giant WrestleMania DVD box set came out. I had ah, most, yes. I had most of those, and I'm pretty sure I watched it as part of that. It would be the first time. So probably, I don't know, like 2005, 2006, whenever that came out was probably the first time. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't think I watched this again until about, like, about when the network kicked in. So I'm thinking it was a bit, about 20 years in between watches for me. Uh, Logan, you, you know... Um, did you have did you have the big box set as well, or did you wait? To, or did you wait for the network? I do think I had a friend that had that, but I don't know if we ever watched this one. But um, there was for some reason there was like from like the beginning of the pay per views to like the mid nineties, they were on like YouTube at some point uh-huh. right before the network came out <laughs> uh, and like full. So I watched it somewhere on on YouTube. I think uh, like right before the network came out for some reason. I found this channel that had like a bunch of the old pay-per-views, and I probably I'm watched it on that. I'm with you, yeah, because you guys, you guys didn't never got the tag classics DVD, did you? No, that was a UK thing. Yeah, I think that was a British thing. We had something like it, but it wasn't. It wasn't that. Right. It was some something else. It called it was called something else. I was going to say, uh, I mean, they were. They, I mean, they were wonderful things, weren't they? Cal? They were just. You know, the, you know, two 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 pay per views for what? And for the price of yes. Yeah, I had I had so many of them. I spent so much money into buying tag classics DVDs. Um, oh, what what an invention! Spanked. Spanked. Yes, I spanked so much money into into. I'm sorry. You heard? <laughs> money made. I mean, either way. I, like, I had for whatever reason. I went. I had. I I I had all. For, I don't know why, but I, I decided to start to start getting all the getting all the in your houses in order, and then obviously when I had when I got when I got in your house one and two, I then had to get King of the Ring ninety five and ninety six to bridge that gap. And so I've got I've got quite a lot of for whatever reason I went straight for ninety five and ninety six, as opposed to like the good stuff. <laughs> But, but 95 is the good no <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face it's, it's because of it's because of the Tide Classics is why I'm a King of the Ring 95 truther okay oh boy yeah but you weren't on the oh, podcast boy. I wasn't no and you're, about, and you're also wrong about that <laughs> not as bad no <laughs> not as not as bad as it's not as bad as everyone says it is but it is definitely poor in relation of what it could have been no, Jarrett, no one. I've been, I've been through this before. They could have, it could have been so much better, and that's why it gets a bad rap. So you're okay. a battle bowl and a king of the ring truther. Jesus Christ! Just, a, just a little, yeah, reminder, just a little reminder that King of the Ring Act Five is the tenth worst show that we've ever watched. That's because I wasn't on it. But also, but, but also, if if I if I could look in, if I'm looking at this correctly, Battle Bowl ninety three is only the. Is actually the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth best show we've ever watched. So, yeah, that was only because you were on that show. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all love that show, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. All things considered. There is. <laughs> right then, gents, let us get to it. So, live from Hartford, Connecticut, the home of WrestleMania, of course, it is WrestleMania 11. We get highlights from the first 10 WrestleManias to intro the show, and then a rundown of the celebrities who are appearing at this year's show. 
as I say, we are live from Hartford, Connecticut. The first thing to say is that we are in the Civic Center. So it's pretty much just a regular arena, which is very un-WrestleMania-like. The Fink's mic isn't working at the beginning, so Vince has to take over, introducing the person singing American of Evil. The only trouble is the performance has already started, so Vince crashes the 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 intro to the song and nearly crashes the vocals, which was a great look for Vince, considering the uh, person singing was a Special Olympian. Your hosts are the aforementioned Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, and you could tell from Vince's face just how pissed off and unhappy he is that WrestleMania is being held in Hartford this year. Our opening contest for tonight is the Allied Powers versus the Blues Brothers, and Callum, the Allied Powers are much like this podcast, a beautiful harmony between the UK and <laughs> USA. How dare you call me Lex Luger? <laughs> <laughs> I, f- <clears throat> I 100% agree. If the symphony that we create on a monthly basis but across the pond together is almost as good, if not better, than the absolute... But in fact, it is better than the absolute banger of a theme tune that the Allied Powers have. <laughs> it is a good one. I don't... I mean, there is, a, there is a theme tune later on that I think might be better, but it is an absolute banger, like you say. That's now, wonderful. It is. Now, now Matt, um, like, like Callum says, it is a beautiful symphony between, you know, the two nations, but am I the only person in, in a sick sort of way who would rather, rather than just see a throwaway tag match like this, would much rather see a singles match between Davy Boy and Lex? That might be the sick person to be coming out. I mean... <sighs> I, I, it would probably be better than this opener, to be perfectly honest. Like, but like, I get what they were trying to do by putting uh, Luger and Bulldog together. It, it's kind of like a, a an extremely great value version of like Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff, like the superpowers. And I mean, extremely great value. So I, I get it on paper, and uh, uh, as we'll get into, we'll see if it works here uh, in practice. <laughs> okay, uh, Logan. Let's talk about the match itself. Um, I, I presume you know you're a big fan of Nazi-based tag teams. So, is this your favorite iteration of the <laughs> Blues Brothers? Blues Brothers before we before we start on the match itself. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, this isn't their best uh, incarnation for sure. Probably their worst. Uh, I mean, they're not. They're just horrible people uh, overall. So. Um, not not very good any, at any point. Um, like like y'all said, great mashup theme, probably the greatest mashup theme of all time. Um, Luger is an absolute bum. Uh, he is back to his hip tossing ways as he does the most lackadaisical power slam at the beginning of the match, and he actually slammed the foot of the Blue Brother on top of Davy Boy's head, so he actually somewhat injured his partner seconds into the match so um not a start by old uh like sexy lexi so um <laughs> but, but uh, davy getting the blue other whatever blue brother had up for the uh stalling vertical complex was a hell of a visual and a hell of a feat of strength um i didn't think the match was awful per se but it wasn't good either in, in any form of the word uh much too boring and slow paced uh, to kind of be the opener uh, but at least the face is one, uh, I said. So I went one and a half on it, but just because it wasn't super offensive or anything. 
Uh, I have the note here. Um, you know I can't tell the difference between the Usos, so you expected me to tell the difference between these two, not a chance. <laughs> no, you, you're, you're good on this one. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, like, so, like Logan said, Matt, um, this match, as far as openers go, I think uh, basic is the word we're going to go for here. I think basic will do quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my exact note, is that this is super basic overall. I will say the crowd was pretty hot for it to start, which, I mean, I understand they're a pretty big tag team in there. But, I mean, it's basically a showcase for the Allied Powers, and it's a weird way to open up a WrestleMania by having what was basically like a five-minute extended squash. So, I... <sighs> It's definitely on the weaker side of Mania openers for sure, and I almost wonder if they could have done something more with the Allied Powers on this show, at least put them in there with a team that doesn't absolutely suck, like the Harris Brothers. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very meh opener with a lot of sloppiness overall, too. Like you mentioned, the Luger power slam at the beginning, and then the finish, Bulldog almost slipped off the top rope when he hit the sunset flip, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just kind of messy overall, but the crowd was hot for it. But uh, like Logan, I only went a star and a half on it too. Uh, yeah, I only went I only went one and a quarter. I was just slightly lower. I kind of I'm glad the boys have said um, you've got this you know super new tag team in there, and the the Blues Brothers are probably like even for '95 standards, apart from Techno Team 2000, probably the, the jobbiest tag team that they could find. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much more you can go than the Blue Brothers. I mean, fair play to them for getting a WrestleMania payday, all mm. you know, five dollars of it in nineteen ninety five. But, <laughs> <this crowd>. but <laughs> the, it was strange. Vince kept talking about how this was the first time that they were teaming together. Baby and Lex. I think he might be right, you know. And it's just like, and and after the match, he's going, oh, I hope that I hope they're going to team together, they probably will team together a lot more, I was like, I fucking hope so because you just spanked a lot of money giving them a new mashup theme um, <laughs> so it's just, it was all very strange, I mean I've got, this match isn't even pre-show worthy, and poor Davy and Lex, so Lex was in the main event or like, one of the main events uh, certainly in the title picture a year before and Davy had just had his, had his big comeback at um, SummerSlam and now they're just facing like the literally what looks like two bums off the street. <laughs> it's just Harry Mountain Man is how Vince described them. Uh, well, I, I do apologise to any Harry Mountain Men who I may have offended listening. <laughs> in. What just, about Nazi? What about Nazi twins? Are you worried about offending Nazi twins? Not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, I've just got. I've got more and a half as well. It was it was basic. It was a it was a match that was destined for it, you would have, wouldn't have looked out a place on Action Zone. Um, and it's just a, a waste of waste of Davy and Lex, to be honest. Yeah, you have to wonder. You have to wonder, Callum. Like how you know everybody says like they were real surprised when Lex made the jump back to WCW in September, and you're like, but when you give him shit like this, were you that surprised really? Right. Yeah. He seems super checked out in this match to yep. me too. So I I don't know if anybody caught that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a bit on both sides. I'm not saying it was like all WWF's fault, but it's like, well, do, oh, do, yeah, do you yeah, exactly yeah. blame him? Do you exactly blame him for jumping when you're just giving him this shit to do? I th- I think I think he knows he's probably he's at least going to attempt to talk to WCW. Right. I think he knows. I think After he might one of one foot out the door. 
Yeah, yeah. After he, after he didn't come out on the positive end of the Tatanka feud, I think he was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm, mm. I'm going to ride it out and go <laughs> to the other side. When, when the million-dollar million corporation are getting won over on me, it's time to leave. <laughs> I know I know when the party's over. <laughs> well, did, did we not do that? Did we not count that up one time? That yeah. Lex, Tatanka beating Lex was like... They went four and twenty-four or something on pay-per-view, and Lex was one of those one one. Lex was one of those ones. I mean, that's yeah. I think he lost to him twice because he lost at a uh, Survivor Series too. Yeah, there's yeah, say. So, <laughs> Lex, is not, Lex is ninety-four and ninety-five, not the best. <laughs> All right, gents. Um, Vince then, after the match, try. Oh, you, oh, sorry. Let me mention. Sorry, first of all, Jr. tries to get an interview with Uncle Zev and the Blue Brothers after the match, who said that they got screwed out of the ma- out of the match of the result because they are in the big city. That big city again being Hartford, Connecticut. Just to you know, just to give you a standard. I mean, I, I know we're not one to talk, Callum, about you know big cities and everything, but I think I think. Uh, We've been to bigger places than Hartford in our time. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes, ever so slightly. You're talking about we don't know things about big cities. Glasgow City is the, the mecca of tag team wrestling at the minute in NXT. It's true. That is true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The home of the home of champions. They call it exactly. Uh, Vince then tried to send it to Nitsatura backstage, but there are audio problems. So Vince and the King have to fill back at ringside and they end up talking about the main event. We then go straight into our intercontinental tile match tonight, which pits Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon, which is very 1995. But when we get to 1996, gentlemen, Razor Ramon is champion again and he has a new challenger. He's a man named... Goldust, who you might know as Dustin Rhodes, and a few years before this, when he was in WCW, Dustin Rhodes was known as. Well, they call him the Natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the Natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The host of the royal bulldog. He's the natural one. He sure is. He sure is. Uh, and, and I was very disappointed that. Co- I mean, we know Negative One was at ringside at WrestleMania, but they couldn't. They couldn't squeeze Dustin in anywhere. You know, you'd have thought Tony would have like put him front and center and said, "You know, go go watch your brother choke again." It's quite funny. Oh, My goodness. Yeah. Well, missed opportunity. Sorry, sorry. I mean, you know, Cody, Cody's great. I should. Get 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 fall back in line, Beth. Fall back in line. Uh, let's go. Let's go to Callum. So we we said the we said the opener was basic, Callum. But uh, I, I'd argue that this match uh, filled that basic quota and then some. I think it was about a three minute. For example, I think that pretty sure there was a three minute chin lock in there at one point. Yeah, uh, continuing on uh, continuing on the theme that this doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Um, it, it, this match was as perfectly fine as you could get from the two guys that were involved. Um, it, it, yeah, it was just really... I think the highlight for me was the rare blue trunk sighting from Razor. Don't get to see him bring out the blue very much. But it was... I've, I've got no notes about anything spectacular 
nothing really memorable. It was it was it was an intercontinental title match that could have been placed on any in your house, any raw. It was just more memorable for, as I say, razors, blue trunks, um, more technical difficulties. Um you could even just tell, right? So even when the when Razor's pyro went off, so they did the wee thing at the start where the kid and, and Razor um fight off and, and send Jarrett and the roadie running. And then the, the pyro just seems to just come on and you've got the most half hearted pose from Razor. <laughs> kid doesn't even bother. You're just like this is just this is a uh, uh, Vince Looking at Vince's face at the start, I wish the camera was on him because so far this show has been <laughs> a fucking disaster. It has been all over the place. Um, the match was, as I say, the match was as good as as it was going to be. It, you were never, other than other than a few times, you're never really going to get a. Jarrett's not one of these guys that's going to whip out a five star classic every single time, but it's going to be very very competent. Never. <laughs> well, that's a great point. Okay. He's not wrong. Yeah, but, right. Okay, I was trying to be kind. I know <laughs> it, it, it has it has the really good match with Sean later in the year. Okay, it's not five stars, but it's very good. Um, that's probably more. That's probably more down to Sean than Jarrett, to be fair. Um, and I mean, yeah. Razor has Razor has had better matches than this. He will continue to have better matches than this. It was perfectly fine. I mean, we say we say Lex is checked out at this point, but you're right about Razor. He's he's got the look of a man who's you know pretty much riding down his contract, ready ready to move. <laughs> but was was the was the rumor not meant to be that he was meant to have the Undertaker? Is it this yeah. one? Yeah. Yes. So he's gone from turning heel. To having the, and having the Undertaker to fight Jeff Jarrett in another Intercontinental title match. Yeah, he's, um, gone, he's gone from being like number five babyface, you know, staying at number five babyface and best to go to number two heel and having that taken away from him. Yeah, and he's just, I can understand why he's just like, fuck this. I, 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 I gave this two and a quarter. It was perfectly fine. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Okay, cool. Um, now, Logan, Callum mentioned Razor's uh, sartorial excellence uh, during this match. Um, I feel we should take a moment before, as well as talking about the match, to mention uh, the one, two, three kids get up for this evening. The, uh, you know, the, what was, well, how would you describe it? The Japanese kimono set he had on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had his uh, n- ninja costume on. <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he had like a ninja kimono some kind of martial art kind of outfit on um <laughs> but yeah but I, I i did notice uh razor's blue as well but yeah kids outfit is quite uh quite spectacular um so my first two notes are a statement and then a response to that statement okay so i was kind of talking about the the opener and i was like just from a pacing perspective this one should probably have opened to, to start this match because razor was kind of pounding on Jarrett, real fast pace really giving it to him and then about a minute later i was like oh wait never mind i forgot double j is involved and it took him only a few minutes to make this <laughs> unbelievably boring so um this is one of those where like 
I feel like if Rhodey and Kid are as involved as they are, because they get involved quite a few times, just make it a tag match. Um, I know you want to have an Intercontinental title match, but like I think this could have been much better and much like neater and tighter if it had been a tag between the four guys. Um, I mean, and then that way you can put Razor and Kid over, and you don't have to have Jarrett lose the belt. So like you, another face team could win, and you make the crowd happy and all that kind of stuff. Um, again, this one's one of those that's not bad, but it's far from good as well. Uh, Razor was good in his portions, but um, far too much boring Jarrett here. Um, so I went two and a quarter like Callum as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do like the Hackney DQ ending, you might as well just make it a tag match. Then you're at least because we know this show's short on time anyway. You might you could just do that that thing where they turn it, you know, the, the single match into a tag match. Just. Yeah, let the crowd at least try and have a bit of fun. Exactly. Um, I mean, like, like, like the boys have said, Matt. This is this is like pure ninety-five Jarrett and ninety-five Jarrett versus a disinterested Razor Ramon is not the uh, not the makings of a classic. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very much a match that existed. It's my old standby. <laughs> like, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine it's you know it's not bad it's not great either i went two and a half on it so i went a little bit higher than you guys i think the rumble match is a lot better uh, to be perfectly yes. honest and i think like this is one of those things i fucking hate the finish i think the finish is stupid like i hate a dq in a title match at a wrestlemania it's so dumb like mania is supposed to be the show that ends these feuds not continues them on and i just think it's such a cop out here like if you don't want razor to eat another pin then don't make the match or do a tag like you guys yeah, said yeah. so it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh I, I i will say i thought jarrett targeting the knee was a nice touch and a nice callback to the rumble because if you remember the finish of the rumble uh razor had the bum knee and uh, i think jarrett rolled him up or hit him with a small package or something like that so i thought that was a pretty good callback and uh who would have thought that five years later these two guys would be involved in uh, one of the greatest world title matches of all time with uh sid at super brawl 2000 so, there, so there's that but uh <laughs> So yeah, this match has that going for it, but uh, as is uh, two and a half, super disappointing. Matt, there, Matt, there, making a callback to the last time he was on this show. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, you're right. Well done. I, I also made, I also made the note, I think Matt will appreciate. Like, if we were doing this as a live watch along, this is the kind of match where Matt would say, "This match is still going." Yeah. <laughs> At some yeah. point. <laughs> Oh, there's another one coming up later on where I felt that way, believe me. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> there's one later. Wrestling's Chicken Salad, episode number 21 in the place to be wrestling archives for Super Bowl 2000. Wow, look at that. That's why he's the best in the business, kids. That was some that was some swift Googling there. Yeah. If I had a nickel wow. for every time I did some swift Googling. <laughs> or something swift after Googling. Uh, hey, now. Hey now, come on. Steady, steady. Odd. <laughs> After the match, gentlemen, we go for take two of the Nick Tesoro interview. This time the audio is working and we see that Jenny McCarthy is with our friend Nick. And then Karma and Shawn Michaels try to hit on her. And Jenny also has to put up with Sid shouting and spitting in her face. But there's still no sign of Pamela Anderson. I'm, I mean, at this point, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, obviously singled out was a 
you know, pretty big thing at this point. So, you know, Jenny McCarthy was, wasn't quite the uh, batshit crazy anti-vax woman that she is today at this, this point in time. 95, she's relative, relatively normal, he says. <laughs> it was it was still quite yeah you know, quite a big get for him to get her I would I would say at this point I gotta say yeah, too yeah, another sure. another note I made uh th- this backstage area is like the size of a postage stamp like every <laughs> the way everybody was all huddled together and like on it top probably, of each other it probably was <laughs> Jesus when when they say they were filming yeah. when they say they were filming at, in the green room I don't think they were lying. <laughs> <laughs> They, 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 the arena only does hold about three and a half people. Right, that's a good point. Yeah. More, more swift googling there. Right. So our next match, gentlemen, pits King Kong Bundy, and he's going to be taking on the Undertaker. But before the match, Hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts. Tom interviews Neil Anderson of the Chicago Bears. Now, I will throw to our American friends because Neil Anderson is a name I'm not familiar with when it comes to American football. Lab, was he a big deal? Either of you? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've heard the name, but he like he's no LT. That's for damn sure. Yes, I I I, I figured that bit out. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm kind of the same way. I think he I think he was a good player, but he wasn't you know he wasn't anybody to write home about or anything like that. I guess <laughs> that that I thought as much. He I believe he is thingy. He is a he was a second team All Pro in 1990. Full time Pro Bowler. Look at this. Uh, he was a running back in the National Football League for eight seasons. He played college football for the University of Florida and was a first-round pick by the uh, Chicago Football Bears in 1986, so just after they were really good. Um, <laughs> 1,500 rushing fifteen hundred uh, rushing attempts for 6,166 yards, 51 touchdowns, and also 302 receptions for 2,763 yards and 20 touchdowns. There you go, and of course, Callum's we, writing his biography. Yeah, and, and of course, as we know, the Chicago Bears have you know a stellar record when it comes to those first round picks. Uh, they don't, they don't mess them things up. And he shares a hometown with uh, our one Jennifer Smith of Dothan, Dothan ah. Alabama. So, ah, we should ask Jenny. We should ask Jenny if she knows this young man. <laughs> Do you know Neil Anderson? But <laughs> what the fuck is he doing in Connecticut? Do you know Charles Neil Anderson, born 14th of August 1964 in Dothan, Alabama? <laughs> Approximately 5 foot 11 and 210 pounds? Jesus. What's his blood type? Uh, Do you know this random African-American football player that was born 20 years before you? Personal, personal life, full-time pro bowl. Uh, Social security fav- number and mother's maiden name. Are- his favorite, his favorite memory from the NFL was in December second, nineteen ninety, when he scored a fifty-yard game-winning touchdown from Jim Harbaugh against the Detroit Lions. He does, ha- he does have in his uh, Wikipedia page his life after football does mention that he was a big pro wrestling fan yes. and uh-huh. attended WrestleMania eleven. So wow. <laughs> Nothing about his blood type. I though, met Jennifer Smith no. in twenty fifteen. <laughs> 
Okay, my, my first couple of notes of these, this match uh, say, uh, funnily enough, this match does not get brought up when uh, we discuss the WrestleMania streak of the Undertaker, although we get the first mention of it here by Vince, where he just casually throws in the fact that Undertaker is undefeated. And also, another one for our... Callum, get the, get, get the Google machine, get the wiki machine ready. Um, hey, here we go. Larry Young, gentlemen. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know I'm you know I'm such a big baseball fan. Uh, he's not a name familiar to me. Um, so the, the, I'm I'm guessing this is when the strikes were going on. Yeah, like two was it like two seasons they didn't play? Uh, it was uh, it was definitely part of one, and I can't remember if it extended into another one. Like the night the '94 World Series was canceled for sure. Yeah, they, they, they canceled the end of the previous season, and I think they were struggling to kind of agree on the collective bargaining agreement or whatever mm-hmm. it was at this point. So they were trying to start, but they were still uh, bartering, right. I'll say. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what, what are your interesting Lottie facts, Colin, before we, we talk back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry Eugene Young, born 6th of February 1954, is a former umpire in Major League Baseball. After beginning his career in the American League in 1983, he worked throughout both leagues from 2000 until his retirement following the 2007 season. He wore uniform number 28. He wow. umpired in two World Series, 96 and 2003, as, as also an American League Championship Series in 92, 98 and 2002, and two All-Star Games, 91 and 2003. I think As of 2018, he is the supervisor of Major League Baseball umpires. He's still oh, alive. God, so he's the problem. <laughs> he is He is still alive at age 69. I think it's lovely, by the Bullshit, way. Bullshit, he was 69 here. He was born in 1954, which would have made him... Sixth of February, fifty-fourth. Yeah, uh, that is a hard forty-one. <laughs> Holy shit! He, is, he, he did not have a good upbringing. My a, lord, he, he had a tough paper round. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I do find it lovely as well that, by the way, that the umpires all have their own n- numbers shirts. <laughs> well, that's yeah, so when people get num- pissed they all off. They have a little number on their arms. <laughs> so when people get pissed off, they can find them in the parking lot. Ah, I see. I see. Uh, so yeah, um, Logan. As you can see, we we spent long enough skirting around the match. We might as well sort of mention it casually now. Um, <laughs> um, the Undertaker, obviously, at this point, you know, we're in '95, so he is in still like fighting the monsters gimmick. Uh, and th- this was probably not the best outing for him, you know, facing a guy, you know, a relic from the '80s and Bundy. Yeah, I, I'm going to correct you on one thing before the match. You you did so, not call Pettengill Petting Zoo, so uh, sorry, sorry, shame sorry. on you. Um, rookie mistake, rookie mistake. <laughs> um, but DBIC immediately sucks in this one as he loses the urn mere seconds into this match. The big thing was that the Million Dollar Corporation had had the urn since the Rumble, and he immediately loses it when Taker kind of sneaks up behind him. Um, Kama quickly fixes that mistake and comes back out and gets it and runs off with it. Um, and uh, Taker actually locks him in the dreaded eyebrow hold. He just it, it pretty much grabs him by like right above his nose and just holds him there, uh, trying to reach for the uh, urn until Bundy gets him. So um, yeah, there's that. Um, the reason I know this isn't a good Taker WrestleMania match or just a good Taker match in general is he hits neither the choke slam nor the tombstone. So uh, he only bust out a power slam and a flying clothesline to finish off Bundy here. Um, 
I will say there's a post match like like where the thunder effects is going on. It was there's a part of that that they used in like every Undertaker video mm-hmm. package for forever after that. So it does have that one good memory, uh, or you know, famous part of it with the lightning effects and him rolling his eyes in the back of his head that they used in video packages forever. Um, they didn't really botch anything, but half star is what I went on it just because it was very boring. They didn't really botch anything because there was no actual holes to speak of. Or <laughs> that's true. That, that's a valid point. <laughs> valid uh, point. Now, I, I, I put Matt in here about, uh, yeah, so Bundy clotheslining the Undertaker out there. So he stood literally right behind DBRC. So the, he, Logan said he snuck up on him. There was no sneaking. He just literally just grabbed the urn. And, <laughs> and also, he, he, hit old, I thought he hit old school straight away, although at this point, is it just called school? That's how that's how interested in the match it was. I was trying to make really crap jokes about, you know, punny jokes about Undertaker's wrestling move names. It was yeah. elementary school at this point. Elementary school, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that was a crap pun. I would have, I would have absolutely cracked that myself. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are, we are firmly in the uh, Taker versus Large Man era. And, yes. uh, boy, th- this is an error that's not great, and uh, because of that, this match absolutely sucks. Uh, it took about four minutes or so before we finally get a wrestling hold as Bundy hit a body slam. Uh, there was a long headlock spot in this match. Uh, Taker wins with a flying fucking clothesline, of all things. And I needed to look up uh, the match time because this felt like it was 25 fucking minutes. <laughs> and... Uh, it turns out it was only two seconds longer than the opener. So uh, (laughs) this went six and a half minutes and boy, this is a long six and a half minutes. And uh, we are at the point where Bundy is long past his usefulness here. So I I don't know what, I mean, I know what they were trying to accomplish, but uh, Jesus put somebody else in there. Like uh, you have Tatanka there. Like if you want to do the taker versus million dollar corporation thing for whatever fucking reason, like at least if you do taker and Tatanka, it, there's zero chance it would have been half a star. Like, would it have been great? Probably not, but it wouldn't have been this bad. So uh, yeah, I also went uh, half of star on this uh, flaming pile of garbage. <laughs> um, Callum, so like, like Matt says, we're very much in the taker versus large man uh, period. Um, you know, we have a lot to, you know, there are a lot of things that we have to thank Mick Foley for, but I think one of them is, you know, making the Undertaker, you know, actually, well, not just interesting, but watchable. And yeah, yeah, I'm put it, you, you're invested in him, not just, not just playing the supernatural crap. Yeah. And I think he cannot come quick enough. Um, at this point in time, this, there's a joke there. Anyway, 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 yeah, I mean, this is the Undertaker has got absolutely nothing to work with at, at this point for years prior, uh, probably since Jake. Really, because then mm-hmm. after that you you're, yeah, getting, yeah. you're into the you're into the, the 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 big boy territory, and then for another year after this, this was just this was this was awful. To 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 your point, like if you look at all the you look at all the guys in the in the corporation, okay, they're all you know at scrub level, but even Nikolai Volkov would have been an upgrade to King Kong Bundy. <laughs> King, <laughs> King Kong Bundy. 
Kingdom Bundy, who at the start of the show, they were going through all the bits of all the previous WrestleManias. They focused on all the celebrities and Andre the Giant and not the guy who was actually in the main event of WrestleMania 2. Probably because they don't want to highlight that this guy hasn't had a big match since WrestleMania 2. The best part of this match was the Mongo sighting after it. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to get ahead of myself, but that was that was that was my favourite part of this match. It finishing, <laughs> so we got to see Mongo. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so therefore, we got to see Mongo. Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I finished. I finished off with um, I thought it could probably be considered a paragraph because it's got three sentences in it. Quite short. That was shite. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. After the evening, I, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad um, Logan finally clicked with Logan that it was a bad match because it, it didn't have a tombstone or a choke slam, um, and not the however long hour and a half before that that, was... that they absolutely <laughs> shat the bed. I was just saying. Well, clearly shows that Undertaker's not willing to put the effort in <laughs> trying to tombstone and choke Yeah, I, but that's exactly it. There was no effort put into this mm-hmm. match at all. Again, so we're three for three for absolute disasters um, but, so far. By, by, by the way, Callum, uh, the boys picked you up on the, uh, you know, Taker couldn't come here soon enough. Um, I'm also going to pick you up for using the word big boy in relation. Big boy. Big, 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 the big boy couldn't come quick enough. <laughs> I'm gonna need an isolated audio clip of that. I just there we go. Every every time I hear big boy, it's just is um is is either Austin Powers, mm-hmm. the, the spaceship and the space of big boy, or or um Brock Lesnar. I just always think of Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble when Keith Lee comes out and he goes, "Whoa, big boy." <laughs> Brock, Brock Lesnar, who also destroyed Cody Rhodes this week. I mean, yeah, I've just put that out there. <laughs> thank, thank you for that, Calvin. That he, reminder. He he destroyed the he, he broke the hearts of Homo sapiens and road <laughs> users. <laughs> and, and liberty, justice, and for all. Don't forget yes. them. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, so after the match, uh, like Callum's already mentioned, uh, we go backstage where Nick Totoro is again trying to hunt down Pamela Anderson, but can't find her. But he does find Steve and Mongo McMichael, baby, and <laughs> and the rest of the Pro Bowl team who promises, and I didn't do this deliberately. They did say it like this: who promises hard times for the million dollar team. Uh, Nick then finds Bob Backlund and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who are playing a game of chess. Backlund is not having much success though, and uh, tries 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 to trick the young man into uh, forfeiting the game and not being able to. What what were the what were the questions? Anybody write the questions down that Bob was asking young Jonathan? I know. Um. No one was, who was Nicaragua. Who was the thirty-fourth president in uh, of the United States? And he goes Eisenhower. And then it's the capital of Honduras. And he says, Honduras, sorry, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Um 
And then I who think was, it was who uh, was the Supreme, the Supreme Court Supreme Justice. Supreme Court, yep. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember what, what they. See, it's like it's why I'm glad you boys are on here because you know re- this is what you know research isn't my thing. <laughs> it should it should be as the host, but <laughs> I just love how he says Tegucigapla. <laughs> <laughs> but that is an all time segment. I love yep. that so much because. <laughs> Beckler's just, that's what's wrong with the world today. They think they know everything. <laughs> uh, I, I, love, I love this as well. Um, yeah, because home improvements was a thing over here. We, you know, we, we were well aware of it thanks to Channel 4. So it was one of, it was one of the sitcoms that did travel over. So uh, for, for once, I actually knew who one of these people were. <laughs> and like, and oh, why yeah, JTT was, was a big deal there for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. NYPD Blue, not so much. That was on for the first couple of years, but we, I think we sort of gave up on that after about two, three seasons. I reckon. I recognise. I've never seen NYPD Blue, but I recognise Nick Tarturo from Blue Bloods. Ah, oh yeah, he's in. That, he's in that, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good show. I do like Blue Bloods. You know, you, you can't get enough old bad Salik for my liking. Oh no! I, I, when I grow up, I want to be. I want to be able to. Even now, I want to be able to carry a moustache off like Tom Selleck. <laughs> Perhaps one day. I, 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 I don't. I don't think I, ever I've tried it. I would have seen you with a handlebar, Callum. I think that would be tremendous. Oh, I, 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 I did try and make the handlebar work during lockdown. Ah. I was swiftly told no. <laughs> you look like a fucking idiot, Callum. The good, the good thing. The good thing. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was in my. I, I even tried. I even tried the the. the if you remember the, when Triple H was going through his two thousand and five midlife crisis, where it was he had the sideburns that all went all uh, the way down into the, the handlebar. Chops, yeah. Yes, I went. I, I, I did that. They were connecting. Again, that wasn't a look that stuck. <laughs> was that was that your choice or her choice? No, that was all her choice. I was uh, I, I, I was ready. I was ready for it. <laughs> this was this was three weeks into this was three weeks into lockdown. I'd already started to lose my marbles. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's quite impressive. <laughs> I mean, people say working from home is good, but <laughs> well, you know what they say: it's all about the beard and how you shave it. There you go. There you go. Well done. Thank you. Our next match, gentlemen, is for the Tag Team Championship, and it will pit the champions, Billy and Bart the Smoking Guns, against Owen Hart and his mystery partner for this evening, who is going to be Yoko Zuna. This will be the first time we have seen Yoko Zuna since the Survivor Series, since the Kazakh match at the Survivor Series. Um, Matt, I'll go to you first about this. Um, I, I love the... The interview with the guns beforehand, where you could just see Billy and Bart absolutely shitting themselves, because, or, or at least conveying shitting themselves because they're facing Yoko. I thought that pre-match promo was so bad. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was I loved it. It was more them. It was. All, it was just like more the acting of it. I mean, like, it yeah. was. It was yeah, like Bart a. Was, su- uh, it was yeah. a sub <laughs> sub porn level acting. It was so bad. Like, <laughs> just that, that, that good. <laughs> just just Bart staring at the camera like a deer in the fucking headlights. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> but um, you see, uh, much like Callum for uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon, I took almost zero notes for this match. And it's not because it was bad. It's because it was just, it, it was kind of there. It was perfectly fine. Like, 
it wasn't anything truly spectacular. It's good to see Yoko back. I, I will say I do think uh, Yoko, uh, for the little that he was in this match, I thought he could still move around a little bit, but it's in very short bursts. Like he's getting in, he's doing his thing, and then he's tagging out really quick because he's damn near 700 pounds at this point, so I get it. But I did think there was one spot, I think it was near the beginning of the match, there was a sick leg drop to the back of Billy's head by Yoko. I thought that was really well done. But yeah, I mean, this was a perfectly solid match it was decent enough and you get a good surprise with return with the uh, new tag team champs so uh i went i actually went two and three quarters on this so uh making it match of the night for me so far <laughs> i went i went two and a quarter on it which also makes it my match of the night um logan we talked about a banger theme tune in the op- in the opener but i i, I feel we you know i know i was his cl- i know it's his classic theme but i i, I that that owen art theme tune just it just, it just, it just makes me smile every time it comes on, and it's one, it's one of the best pieces of music they've ever done. I'm sorry. Yep, I love yeah. it too. Um, it's one, mm. one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, I, I made the comment about the interview too. I said quite a poor interview by Billy and Bart. <laughs> um, I also only took one note. It's kind of a paragraph note, but um, I, I, it's also my match of the night as I went two and a half. Um, this was much more competitive than I remembered. I feel like watching this in the past, it was more of a squash. Um, and I, th- I think Yoko and Owen do control most of it, but I, I, I did like that the guns got a good bit of offense as well. Um, probably the first good match of the night is also a, a note that I made. Might have been a tad too long, but I thought it was well worked and didn't get real boring for too long of stretches at any point. And uh, Yoko absolutely fucking crushes Billy uh, with the bonsai drop at the mm-hmm. end uh, for the finish. So, And uh, of course, Owen Sell of the win is like uh, all-time <laughs> stuff because he is super pumped that he's a champion. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the fact that Owen has to get the pin as well. It's like you know, the <laughs> yep. glory hounds it. <laughs> I'm Billy's just di- convulsing, dying there. Right. <laughs> just like, just, just Yoko drags his corpse over to the middle of the ring, and it's fucking great. What I did like about it, Callum, and I think the boys have mentioned it, is like the guns you always felt had a chance any time Owen was in the ring, but as soon as Yoko was in, it was pretty much game over. At, at any point, you just you basically just had to flip the switch. Yeah, because that I means the man is the man is a is massive. I mean, like he's, he he was just the, the whole selling of of Yoko being a threat was excellent. And the crowd were the crowd were loving having Yoko back. Everything, everything yep. the big man did, he was um, sorry. Everything the big boy did was <laughs> with the the crowd were going mental for. They just I don't know if they were pro Yoko and Owen or anti guns. I don't. I mean, I'm 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 not sure. Um, I yes, I also had a note about how bad the how bad the pre tape was, uh, how bad the sorry the the, the pre match interview that to, to the point that I thought it was a pre tape. <laughs> um, it was because like the the way that you always see them awkwardly standing. Yet I don't know why I'm doing it because you can't see me, but they're awkwardly standing, um, as if like pretending that they're waiting to hear what Vince is saying back to them. Bart Gunn looks as if he's never seen a camera in his life. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, every time, every time that Yoko was in, you just thought that this match could end. This match could end at any time. Um, the finish I thought was fantastic. Uh, Owen did it, and he did it all by himself. Um, 
Uh, just, just, just wonderful. And at, at this point, I'm thinking, like, you can think, the show's been a disaster for the first hour or so that it's been on, but it might start to turn around now. I, I gave it two and a half as well, because I absolutely love Owen and Yoko separately and as a tag team. Uh, so two and a half for me. That seems, that seems fair, that seems fair. Um, so at this point, gentlemen, I think we should take a break um, because we've still got three big matches still to come tonight, including our world title match, our celebrity main event, and a submission-only contest. Uh, so, what do you say? What do you... <laughs> 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 so for, for Matt Susan, and Callum McDougall, what do you say we come back for part two? On the other side. Why you fail to realize that you might not ever get another try. Girl, Nation, welcome back to part two of episode 35 of Chicken Salad Man's Bed Lock. Um, I'm here with Logan Crosler and Matt Souza and Callum Dougal, and we are talking all things WrestleMania 11. So let's get back to it. We then go, we then go to the blimp at the top of the arena where we get a very blurry shot from it. Um, you'd, you'd have thought they'd have a uh, Pick the shot a bit more wisely than this <laughs> blurred, <laughs> blurred shot where the lens has only just been opened up, but hey ho. <laughs> uh, we then go to Todd Pet- Petting Zoo. Sorry, Logan, Petting Zoo. And he is with, thank you, he's with Bam Bam Bigelow. Todd re- recaps the history between Bam Bam and Lawrence Taylor and talks about the media hype that goes in, is going into tonight's ma- main event. Uh, Bam Bam says he's not sweating it. He's not worried at all about Lawrence Taylor or the pro team or the all pro team, sorry, around ringside because he's got the million dollar team backing him up. Uh, pretty generic interview there. Uh, from there, we go back to the ring where. It's time for our next match, which is between Bret Hart and Bob Backlund. This is going to be a submission-only match. The loser must say I quit. And for this match, we're going to have a very special referee, who is Rowdy Roddy Piper. My first note for the match reads, Backlund always looks quite a treat when he's got his bathrobe on. Um, This is a rematch from their 30-minute match at the Survivor Series. Um, Some people call it a classic. Some people call it a board piece of turd I don't think there's I don't think there's any in between you either, you're, it's one of those matches you either genuinely love or hate um, Logan I'll go to you first because uh, this match doesn't quite hit 30 minutes at all but uh, certainly feels like it's go, feels like it's going that way until you look at the timer on the clock yeah, I was it feels like it. Um, and and if it, if it had gone thirty minutes, I probably would not be here any longer. I would have I would be on some type of celestial plane of some sort because I would have uh, bashed my brains in. So, um, 
but uh, it doesn't take the crowd very long to turn on Piper for the, what do you say? He says it about <laughs> six times in the first couple of minutes, so um, they're already over his shit uh, by the time uh, it gets too far into the match. Um, part of me wished that at some point Brett would like shut, shut uh, Piper up and say, no, you son of a stupid son of a bitch, shut up. Because <laughs> he just kept asking him and asking him, and he would just go, no. Uh, and then he said, hell no, at one point, and Vince and uh, King were appalled. They were like, oh, my gosh, how dare him say that? Uh, it, I, I will say it wasn't as long as I remembered it being. Uh, but it definitely was still still felt it wasn't as long as I remembered it, but it was still long at the same time, and it was still boring, uh, and it is completely ruined by Piper just being annoying the whole time, constantly asking uh, if somebody wants to quit. And uh, you know, after the match, Brett doesn't even seem like he had a good time or thinks that they had a good match at all. So he seems super disappointed in himself and. Uh, just to match it as a whole. I only went one on it because I thought it was just a boring abomination. Yeah, I, I think we could add Brett to the list of people who... Che- Brett in 95 in, into that list of people who were checked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, you know, if you're, not, if you're not like one of the clicks playthings, then uh, you know, <laughs> you're very much on the outside <laughs> looking in. <laughs> um, so, like, like like Logan, like Logan said, uh, Matt, this this match is very you know I mean boring's a word for it. One paced. Um, has there been has there been a much bigger falling off the cliff than Backlund from WWF champion to like this match, which even with Bret Hart just feels like a ten minute throwaway match. Uh, just five months later. Yeah, it seems like they really gave up on Backlund super quick, uh, it, really since the diesel squash at MSG. I mean, I, I feel like he hasn't done shit, really, in the in the months leading up to this, which makes it even more weird that they're having this match at WrestleMania. So it's like, it's a very weird match. Like, Brett is kind of... Uh, done with Backlund at this point. I think. I think so. I don't know why. Why they're running this back here. Uh, this might be the most annoying match in WWE history because of Piper. <laughs> and look, I love Piper, but holy hell, man, shut the fuck up! <laughs> like we get it. <laughs> what do you say? Like he, they, he's they, he's they fucking asking him after like. He's asking him after like elbows to the head and shit. Like, what what are we doing? Like, it just makes no sense. He's like that fly in the kitchen that you get in the kitchen that you can't fucking kill. He keeps coming back. It's just fucking annoying. Um, it, it was kind of squash like for Brett near the beginning, and then and then it kind of got squash like for Backlund at the back half, which is very weird because Brett won the match. But I don't know. They keep trading holds, and uh, given the history between them, I don't think this is what that match should have been. Like, if you're gonna do this match, make it more of a fight because I mean these guys should hate each other given the history. So it's it's a very meh match, and I I feel like to me. I, if I was booking this show, I would have had this been the final Brett Owen blow-off here. Mm. And yeah. 
Especially considering they had just had a match a week before on Raw. On the go-home Raw, they had that random no-holds-barred match that they had. Like, why not just do that match here? It would have given this show a, a big boost that, as we've uh, uh, been seeing, it desperately needs. So, like, I, I don't know why you're running this here and not doing Brett Owen here. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a good match. I thought I was going to be the low man by going a star and a half on it, but apparently not. So, uh, yeah, I, I, went a, I went a star and a half on it um maybe the worst wrestlemania match for bret hart <laughs> question mark so I, I not good think, i i don't think there's a well as you count the wrestlemania 26 months there's a maybe about it there are there, there are very few things worse in life than a disinterested bret hart wrestling let's put it that way mm-hmm. uh, now we we as we've learned tonight gentlemen callum is the re, you know the research man here the wikipedia man but callum you'll be pleased to know i have done a li- I did my little own research about this match because I like to know the really important things in wrestling. Um, so would you like to hazard a guess how many times Roddy Piper does in fact say what you say to somebody? Because oh, I, I made, ca- I counted them up. That is that is a question that no, that no mere mortal can answer. So if you have <laughs> got if you have got the answer, Ben, then well, you are you deserve to be worshipped. It's a high number, but probably not as high as you think. Go on. 19. That's, that's still, a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot in a 10-minute match. It's not a 10-minute match, but it feels I like... I would have guessed more, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was going to be more, but 19 is still a lot for 10 minutes. My goodness. That is, that mean, is quite a lot. I mean... I mean, like, like, like the buddies have said, Callum, this is, this, this is a, this just, this is a temp, sort of, almost a Brett squash that's that, that, it's that disinteresting. Uh, yeah, I mean, five minutes into the match, now if you think about the, about the, the, the angle and, on the run-up to the Survivor Series, and how hot Backland was, out of nowhere, almost, as quickly as he got hot, he has become ice cold. Mm. Um, five minutes into this match, and the crowd just does not care. I've got a note that it's the, it's the wrong match in front of very much the wrong crowd. Yes. The, 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 it was just... I, I don't know why... Well, sorry, I understand why they put this type of match on, given how the Survivor Series finished. But why why did they wrestle it this way to the point where everybody and their granny was bored to tears watching this? Because it wasn't, and I think we've said that I've said that a few times on the special relations as well. Ben, having a bad match is is somewhat forgivable. Sometimes it just doesn't click for whatever reason. Having a boring match isn't forgivable, and this was just boring. Mm-hmm. Um. Piper, back on at the end, didn't say I quit. I think Roddy Piper just put us out of our misery. So fair play to the big man for that. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've got a note here that Brett's face at the end, um, he knows that that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And he looks at like, it, like, yeah, he just, he knows that was a complete and utter shit show. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, got a, I've got a theory as to why this show has been so bad so far. Because yeah. there was there was a Vlad sighting as Pipe as Fink was announcing Piper and he's not in the front row. Mm. So Vlad not being in the front row 
has has made this a bad match. And also, Roddy Piper, he comes out. Now, you might not know this, gents, but a true Scotsman never wears anything under his kilt. Piper, Piper was wearing jeans. I'm starting to think that Roddy Piper isn't actually Scottish. Do you know that? Oh, my <laughs> God. That, that, that's, yeah, don't that, throw stones if you can't back it up. My God. That's all for the mysteries. Where's, where's Thingy? Where's, um, where's Jesse Ventura and his conspiracy theories now? I'll tell you where they are. Roddy <laughs> Piper. What do you mean Roddy Piper's not Scottish? I always knew that was a skirt gorilla. Gorilla, do you hear this man say Piper's not from Scotland? Gorilla. I'm, I'm pretty sure as well Faith No More guy. He was, I think, second row in front yeah, of the camera. Yeah, he was there too. He was definitely there too. But, but, but I always he's... knew he was from Saskatoon, Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> But these front row staples weren't front row here. Mm, this is why this show was a disaster. Yeah. Vladimir deserves better. Even they were like, I'm not going to that shit. Justice for Vladimir. Now I was probably I think I'm the high vote on this. I went I went two stars, but with it's with two caveats. One, it's very much a gentleman's two. <laughs> and number two, Bret Hart sort of Bret Hart the WWF falls into that the uh, the Eddie Guerrero rule of thought where I can't go lower than two stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he 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 gave it a good go of making sure you could. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, come try. I, I not, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> he gave it the he gave it the good old pledge of allegiance college trainer. <laughs> no, I made sure I said I made sure I said Brett and WWF because I know we I know we've already done some Brett and WCW matches that go way beyond <laughs> below two. <laughs> oh, right then, gentlemen. We then go back to Nick Tatora, who tells us that Pamela Anderson has left the building, which was mm. going to mean there's going to be a rearrangement of the celebrity assignments for the world title tonight, which makes it sound like these poor celebrities are having to do like exams and stuff. You know, they might, they might be, I don't know. Uh, Todd is that Todd Pettingzoo is then with Diesel, who knows what Sid's agenda is going to be tonight, as he used to be in that job role. And it, but sorry, his mind is going to be totally focused on retaining the title and not on Sid. He's just going to be focused on Sean. So that leads us to our world title match, which is which pits the champion Diesel against the challenger Shawn Michaels. We have Jonathan Taylor Thomas as the special guest timekeeper. Nick Totoro is the special guest ring announcer. Shawn Michaels gets seconded to the ring by Sid and Jenny McCarthy. Diesel then comes out with the one and only Miss Pamela Anderson and Callum. You'll never guess what. Boy. We got. Remember a couple of months ago, we got Big Kev on the phone. Oh, get, 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 me. Get, get, guess who's here? Good, 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 good evening, Mister Nash. Oh. Well, hello, fellas. How you doing tonight? Uh, have you, have you, I know you've met Callum before, Mister Nash. Have you met Mister Souza? Mister. Oh yeah, Pete? me and Miss, me and Maddie P. Souza go back way, way back. I mean, we're big, we're big mm-hmm. buddies. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I know mm-hmm. the, I know the Peacock man. So yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Matty, mm-hmm. Matty Peace. Matty Peace. <laughs> 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 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I listened in a little bit earlier. I heard y'all talking about The Undertaker struggling with big guys. I really just needed to match him up with the best big guy in the biz, and that's that is, me, Big Sexy, the next year at WrestleMania. So. That is mm-hmm. a damn fine match, that one. I, you know, I, was, I, I should have mentioned you, Mr. Nash. I, I can only apologize. I mean, it's a five-star classic, what can I say? But, but speaking of five star classic, uh, you know you you somehow got to, you somehow bagged Miss Anderson on your arm tonight. I mean that was that was a damn fine work by you. Yeah, I mean she she was supposed to come up with Sean, but uh, she just wasn't feeling him, and she she wanted to take a ride with Big Sexy. So uh, we had a couple drinks, you know, and we had a good time. But yeah, she walked me out to the ring, and you know, we had a little bit of that after party. We'll say. Good, good lad. I mean, it's a shame that Logan's not here at the moment. He's just had to step out, right. unfortunately. But mm. um, I, I'm sure you may well have heard of a podcast called Highway to the Impact Zone here on the Place to Be Network. We're we're just about we're just about to hit the point on that pod where uh, you reveal via the via the medium of maths and graphs that you are the highest rated and biggest drawing world champion in history. I mean, you know, we're 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 smack da- we're smack down in the middle of that run here. Yeah, I mean, I, I drew more money than anybody. I mean, you just look at those charts and graphs. I'm really proud of that time and impact. Me and uh, Shelly rode up and down the roads together, and uh, we, we had some fun times. But, uh, yeah, I mean, high-strong champion of all time, even to this day. I mean, you look at any graph, any chart, any anything that you can find, I definitely ran the business, and I ran it to its greatest year ever. Absolutely, um, we, we're going to talk about the match in a sec. Um, but uh, we, I mean, obviously, you were drawing a shit ton of money with Sean at this point because obviously you're saying you were the highest drawing champion in history. Um, so did you did you particularly mind that Sean went into business for himself, or, or do you even consider him going into business for himself here? Or is it just a case of making Sean look good makes you look good? I mean, me and him are pals. It's no no secret. But I mean, I, I think he was just a little pissed that uh, Pam uh, kind of kind of shit on him and uh, went with me. So I think it was a little bit of uh, jealousy there. So uh, he had this. I mean, he still got Jenny McCarthy. So I mean, that's not yeah. not a bad night either. So, but, but uh, I think he was a little that, jealous that I had Pam on my arm. Absolutely. But then you got you got Jenny after the match anyway. So you know, I mean, a party at Big Cavs. That's where I say. Yeah, I mean, we we had a hell of a night. I won't lie. <laughs> well, thank you yet again for uh, coming on to the show. And uh, is it was I can't remember was, was your fee fifty dollars or hundred dollars for the interview? I can't I can't remember it. I, I, I transferred a hundred dollars over just to be, just to be safe anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll DM you afterwards. And remember, be kind or be sexy. <laughs> thank you very much, Mister Nash. Um, Callum, I know you love it when Kev joins us. Uh, you, you know we get we get all the big stars on here. Oh, I'm fine. Love when Kevin Nash comes on. <laughs> Big guy <laughs> every time. Colin goes very shy and proper fanboy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, honestly, I was very starstruck. I mean, I, I know it's been a, I know it's been a couple of times now, but I just can't. We're, we're pals with Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and that laugh, and that laugh you can hear in the background. Um, Logan, you, you stepped out the room. You, you'll never guess what just happened. I... I think he knocked me silly. I think he gave me the big boot, so I'm I'm a, I'm a little uh I'm a little loopy right now. But uh, yeah, oh. I guess Big Kev came into the room and uh, just took me out real quick. Oh, well, you know, he 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 answered a lot of the questions though. You know, he he was on about you know bagging Pam and and Jenny McCarthy in one night. The lucky so and so. Yep. 
good guy. <laughs> uh, so whilst I've got you here, Logan, let's talk about the match because, like I say, this match is this match is quite infamous for uh, Sean. I mean, I know you know work with me here, kid. Sean Michaels in the nineteen nineties being slightly unprofessional. I I know, I know. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big shock. Um, I I don't. I don't think Big Kev kind of alluded to it. I I don't think Kev's the kind of guy who'll be that bothered about it, but you can definitely see that, you know, Sean's Sean's a bit pissed off about something, and whether it's whether it's the, the fact they're not main eventing the show, whether it's all their photographers at ringside, there's something not quite right, so he's going to go out there and show everybody up, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's very, very much in, and not favor of the photographers being all around the ring. There's a couple of spots where he lands outside and he's just like, at one point he actually shoves a guy, but it kind of sets up a spot. So I don't know if that was a shoot or just kind of like they were working and that just happened to happen. So, but I, I think he's very pissed at how like crowded the ringside area is because a lot of his big bumps are over the top rope to the floor kind of thing. So, um, and I don't know if there was any jealousy with the Pam Anderson thing. I think obviously that was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Diesel that came out with her. But uh, I, I said that may, maybe maybe that's why Sean was uh, mad at uh, Diesel or whatever, kind of showed him up or, or something like that. Um, Diesel does give Michaels a like backdrop at the like before the match even starts, and he gets some awesome elevation on it. He goes flying over the top rope at that point. Um, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll always say when we do a Sean match, I'm a Sean Mark, as previously admitted, and uh, I think we're all Nash Marks at this point. Uh, so this one really hits for me. I, I, I thought it was really good. It's obviously not their best match. I think the Good Friends Better Enemies is way better than this, honestly. But, like, I, th- I still think this was really good, in my opinion. Um I just think it's really solid. I think it does go a tad long at points. I think there's a couple of dead spots in in the middle and kind of towards the end. Um, but I still really enjoy it, and I think it's a good good title match. It's not one of the greatest of all time or anything like that, but I actually went three and a half on it. So by far my match of the night. Uh, what I will say, what I will say about Sean Sully is that off off one of the maneuvers, we get quite possibly the ultimate Vince call of. Body drop that you'll ever hear. <laughs> we, we do have that. We do have. We do have Sean to thank for that. So we're good to um, like. So like like Logan says, Matt. This match, this match is a good match. It's not anywhere near the good friend better enemies match. But on this particular card, good. You know, it's quite. It's quite a low bar. This card is setting. So we're going to take good and we're going to run with it. Right. I mean, I, I went three and a quarter on it, and at this point, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> you know, I mean, th- they would obviously have a better match with good friends, better enemies, but I, I thought this one, you know, definitely a notch below that, but was still pretty good in its own right. Uh, like Logan said, I think there's parts of this match that were really slow going, and I think that's kind of what took me out of it. Uh, there's that one part where Diesel is on the floor. I think it's after that splash that Sean hits where he's he's on the floor for about 38 minutes before he gets back in the <laughs> ring. And it's just it, it's it's a bit much. It's a bit much for me. Like, I think the referee counted 10, like maybe four or five times. And it's just like it's like, all right, get back in the ring. Let's go. Uh, I thought the finish was a little wonky, too, with Earl Hebner magically uh, uh, <laughs> fracturing his ankle as he falls off the apron in a spot that we didn't see at all. So it just kind of happened. And then when he gets back in the ring, both guys are down. Uh, there goes Earl. Look at me. Hebner doing some masterful selling of his foot <laughs> and his ankle while he's fucking hanging on the ropes. Good Lord. Like, hey, all right, Earl, we get 
get it. You twisted your ankle. <laughs> like, come on, man. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good match. They would definitely have better in the future. It's very slow at points. So uh, I went three and a quarter on it. And I wanted to ask you guys, uh, do we think this is too soon for HBK to get a title match here? Like, I, I kind of feel like it is. But at the same time, it's like, who else were you going to put here? I mean, Brett is the obvious answer, but he's busy doing other shit. Like, unless you're doing maybe a bulldog or like a, a heel of the month type of challenger. I don't know who else you're putting in here besides Sean. And it kind of shows just how fucking thin the roster was at this point. So I'm with, I'm with you. I, I think there's nobody else they're going to put in here at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you had done, done the razor heel turn earlier right. maybe him but nah sean was the only pick i mean mm-hmm. i mean you could have gone brett but they just did that at the rumble and it kind yeah. of set up two ma- other matches so you know right unless you, unless you do the undertaker as well right yeah. and i don't know it's a weird it's a weird earlier. spot because <laughs> yeah. you, you do you do you do the undertaker but then you're you're you're, you're you don't want to turn the undertaker heel and yeah, you've sure. only just turned the big man at points you feel like sean is ready but then at other points throughout the year it's like uh, maybe he's not so it's it, it feels kind of like they're throwing him to the wolves to a point but at, at the same time he kind of looked ready for it so i don't know i'm kind of torn on it and i'm sure they, i'm sure they did but i'm not i'm not as okay with those those that time period of roar as i should be but it does it did feel like like sean wins the rumble and then there's just not a whole lot of build up to this like, I think it's always like they've got Lawrence Taylor and the world title doesn't matter that much. Right. Well, I think it, it was a case of like the title match kind of selling itself because they have all the history with each other with the, yeah, the, yeah. the dudes with attitudes and shit like that. So they really didn't have to do anything. That's true. Yeah, they've done, they done all the build beforehand. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, now, Callum, um, we we talked. We obviously when the big man was on, we talked about how he, you know, the highs. You know the biggest drawing champion in history, but you listen to this crowd; they they're not into the big man. You know, there's there's plenty of Sid chants, there's plenty of let's go Sean's going on, but there's there was no Diesel Mania was not running wild at this point. Which is another reason why this is probably the worst crowd in WrestleMania history, if you uh-huh. ask me. It's almost like Connecticut's <laughs> terrible, you guys. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this match stuck it. I don't understand. Well, I, well, I do because Sean does all the Sean does all the flippy shit to coin yeah. to coin a to coin a, a more modern phrase. And Sean was Sean was probably a, the the the, the Sean heel turn wasn't sorry the face turn wasn't too far off anyway, regardless of what Sean did in this match. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it, it was it was coming and it was probably a long time coming. Um, so I think it's just again I think they've just been Diesel was just I I think I, I think Diesel was possibly set up to not set up to fail and that's maybe not the right the right the the right description of it. But he was he, certainly his first WrestleMania as champion. He wasn't exactly putting he wasn't exactly put front and center. Um, he was given the he was given the old Brett um, ninety seven treatment. He's by far the second biggest match on the card. I mean, there's no disputing what they were, what was front and center for WrestleMania eleven. 
and he was he was given it was it was almost like he may have been set set up to not I don't know what I'm trying to say but I don't think he was given the best he wasn't dealt the best hand possible I, I, don't, I don't think they were setting him up to fail but they weren't exactly setting him up for success either yes yes thank you um, but in saying that this match this match stuck out like a sore thumb this oh, yeah. show needed this match at this time um I've got a note as well. It's it's bad times when Kev can't get his words out. He stumbled over a bit in his pre-match promo, which is probably another highlight as to why that show's just an utter disaster. Um, it, yeah, it was just it was strange because Sean and 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 Kev had had good chemistry. Uh, their only real match after this was Good Friends Better Enemies. They didn't, they didn't do anything after this. Obviously, with, with Sean turning face. Um, not long after, or like the next, the next row, um, but yeah, that that I mean it's just, I very, very, very strange. I, I I gave this one. I'm the high vote on this one. I gave this one four, and I think that's probably more not on the match itself. If I watched the match on its own, I'd probably rate it more in line with you guys. But based on what we've seen before and how. How different it was, how much better it was. I think that's where I've got that one from. Yeah, I, I went, I went three and a quarter on it, and I, I know I keep, I know I've gone on about Sean's like you know, selling, but in a way, I'm, actually no, not in a way. I'm, I'm going to say thank God he did because compared to to the rest of the boring shit on this show, we needed somebody to inject a bit of pace into things. Yeah, uh, you, you've gone from you, you've gone from oh, think of the match before where they were yeah. just hugging each other for ten minutes. Yes. And you've had you had Taker Bundy, not exactly neither man at this time the picture of um athleticism. The Blues Brothers and uh, Lex and Davy, again, you're not going to get a, a, an athletic neither of those matches are going to be athletic Marvel. So you've got this you've got this match, you've got Sean, something completely different. I will, and I will, and I'll say as well because I think we've also kind of mentioned it in passing. I'm right in saying that the uh, the Sean turn the next night that's the, that was the first big like night after WrestleMania moment, wasn't it? Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were always taped. We were always taped before that. The the previous couple of rows. Yeah, the two years before that were both taped, and you know we're just kind of throwaway episodes. Hmm. So yeah, I do. I do remember things sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> After the match, Todd Pettingsu is with Shawn Michaels and Sid, who says that they both got screwed out the tile because the ref wasn't ready. And like Logan, uh, like Matt says, sorry, uh, Earl Hebner was having to act being hurt outside the ring and lost because the ref is incompetent. Um, Logan is our resident referee expert, although. Obviously, it's more TNA refs than WWFs. Um, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling Earl, you know, was right in line here to get a job. You know, he was he was always right. Ten years, ten years before he actually did make the jump, he uh, he showed why he was a TNA ref in waiting. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, he's he fits right in with the club of uh, Andrew Thomas and Rudy Charles and Mike Posey. So he he was destined. <laughs> he was built for this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's obviously a, a, a pleasant change for Sean Michaels being screwed by Errol Hebner. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Very yeah. good. Very good. 
after the match, we de- we get an obvious cutaway, which is where the sort of pepper performance is on the live version. But on the network, it is cut out, and we go straight to Vince doing his full Royal Rumble style intros for each member of the million dollar team as they come down to the ring one by one, running or intent DVLC and who in our shyster's case just a gentle jog to ringside. We then get an intro of the all-pro team containing Ken Norton, Chris Spielman, Ricky Jackson, Carl Banks, Steve Mongo, McMichael, and the captain, Reggie White. Uh, I'll go to Matt. I'm pleased to say, Matt, that even me, as the sort of casual fan I was at this point in the mid-90s of American football, there were, there were, there were at least a few names here I'd heard of. I was, I was, I was reasonably impressed that with the actual, you know, the actual standard of people they got. Yeah, they got some pretty big names for this. I mean, Carl Banks, Reggie White, uh, you know, Mongo. Mongo, of course, on that 85 Bears team. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely, like, I, I feel like it's... When you have a guy like LT, I, I feel like you got to have big names there with him because, like, it's not going to make any sense if LT's hanging around with, like, scrubs. So it makes sense <laughs> that they, got, they had to dole out some cash for some big names, for sure. So makes sense. That all leads to our to the next match, which is our main event, which pits the aforementioned Lawrence Taylor against Bam Bam Bigelow. Now, one of our party tonight has said that he will not speak until well, he doesn't want to be the first to be spoken to tonight because he wants to hear what the rest of us have to say. I'm not going to reveal who that person is, and I'm not going to go to him first. So, uh, Callum, um, thoughts, please, about this this match between the two, because for a number of years this was considered the gold standard of celebrity matches yeah and and to be honest for for good reason um this match had was much better than it had any right to be um now i don't know how lt obviously wasn't an active player at this point i don't believe but i don't know how long it had been since he'd actually been playing I, I probably should have Googled that. One of the things that I should have been Googling with. Hey, I was about to say, just um, retired in 93. Thank uh-huh. you. Yep, thank there you, you Logan. There you go. Um, so, been a couple of years. Um, Bam Bam's probably the best guy I could have had in. He's a guy who's a similar size, a guy who could pro- who's good enough that he can make him look good, and more importantly... A, a guy who could take all the stiff shots that the LT was was laying on him, he was um, Gr would have been must have been wetting himself in the in backstage <laughs> at how snug LT was because he was he wasn't pulling any of those punches. Um, but I thought this was this, this was fine. You could you could tell that the LT was was I mean he went out all guns blazing and he was blown up really really quickly. Um, and the fact that that he managed to that they managed to, to to get through however long this match was 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 nigh on a miracle because at some point it looked as if Bam Bam was was carrying a like he was a dead weight for Bam Bam to work around. Um, so it was just I think it was it not it not quite it, yeah it's not going to be on this on, on this it's not the standard of Logan the Logan Pauls that we see just now or your bad bunnies Matt. Mm-hmm. Who, who, obviously, I come out and have eight, like really, really good matches. But at this point, this was this was better than it had any any right to be. 
Um, and also, point of note, Mongo was in the ring at WrestleMania, so does that make him the first jump during the Monday Night War and not Lex Luger? Ooh. I would I would say yes. I would say yes. And Mongo got the biggest pop of the night before, and then Reggie White had to come out and ruin it. Um, <laughs> but Reggie! Oh no. Mongo Mania was running wild. But yes, the match was better than it, it was much better than it had any right to be. And for that reason, I have gone 2.5 stars, which makes it the second best match of the night, in my opinion. Well, I I think, as well as getting a bit blown up, I think Taylor's hurt gets himself injured because Vince, even he and Vince mentioned him passing at the end of the match to drop Taylor. Taylor looks hurt or is hurt because I, I I think even even with the salt and pepper performance cut out, yeah, you're still finishing this show like 10, 15 minutes yeah. early. So I, I, I think they had to I think they had to go home early on this. Well, you could like that last that last forearm that he did, and then he covers Bigelow. He's just he's just there is, he has he has got nothing left to give. So he's either about to pass out injured, um, <laughs> a, 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 a mixture of the two. Uh, but I did like like after the after the three, it rolls off him and then he goes back over, gives a wee hug to say thank you for a good match. I thought that was nice. Yes, he does the uh, he does the uh, Sean uh, Sean Flair hug, doesn't he? He does. It's like thank you for getting me through that big man, mm. big boy. Now- now, Matt, obviously, we've mentioned that you're on the Extreme Three-Way Dance. Now, you, Bam, Bam, Bam Bam's in ECW at this point where you are, is he? And you're in 97 now? Uh, 98, yep. We just that, started yeah, 98, yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 talk about it quite, we talk about it quite a lot on these, like, these 90, mid-90s pod, but a guy a guy who's at least who's at least 10 years ahead of his time is big like maybe even maybe even longer but you know he could fit he could fit in today quite easily you know you see yeah. see Bronson Reed and he's, he's, he's pretty much Bronson Reed isn't he let's be honest yeah he's always been one of my favorites he's so good here and uh kudos to him for uh working uh working with LT here who is uh completely and utterly gassed about five minutes into this match <laughs> he uh he shot his load early and he never got it back a good one he's a one pump chump is what I'm uh, saying here but uh, yeah you know like even down to the point where Bam Bam ends up having to change his offense a little bit and start working submissions in an effort to help LT get his win back. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting, and we were seeing a thing that Bam Bam really doesn't do all that often, like working leg locks and headlocks and shit like that. And you know, even like the little things that Bam Bam did, like he hits a moon salt at one point, which looked great, and then he he uh, he sells his knee just to give LT a little bit of extra breathing room before he makes the cover. So like just little stuff, just doing anything for LT to get some of his win back so I, I think Bam Bam put on a hell of a performance here which pisses me off even more about what happens to Bam Bam yeah. after this like yeah. after the, after what they did here carrying LT's gassed ass through this match like it, it should have led to big things for him later in the year like I'm talking like Diesel Bam Bam at SummerSlam instead of Diesel and suck ass Mabel like something like that that would have made uh, some sense to me but 
yeah, I mean, to this point, it's it's up there with Mr. T as the best celebrity match. I mean, I'd I'd probably argue that it's better than Hogan and Mr. T at WrestleMania, me personally, but maybe that's because maybe that's nostalgia talking for me. I have a nostalgia for this that I just don't have for the first WrestleMania. But yeah, I, I think I think this is just it, it's as good of a celebrity match as you could get to this point. And I, I mean, it's a basic match, but that's all it really needed to be. It was kind of carried by the crowd and the histrionics and just everything going around with it. So, yeah, I, I'm with Callum. I went two and a half on this, too. It's a tough match to rate because it is a celebrity match. And it's very like LT basically doesn't do anything but throw forearms in this match because that's kind of all he could do <laughs> at a certain point. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm with Callum. I went two and a half on it. It's it's a lot better than it than a two and a half star match may seem but uh yeah it's it's definitely worth a watch if you've never seen it i'm i'm with you boys so we're three for three on two and a half but like it's that's two and a half stars on a regular match scale scale but you're probably talking four stars on the celebrity match scale let's be honest um but like um, like like matt says you know what happened to bam bam after uh so i mean so the rumor goes it's like you know he goes He's pro- he's he should be getting the world title match at SummerSlam, but he goes he somehow goes from being like the number one or number two heel in the company to being like number six babyface. They they think that's a that think that's a worthwhile trade off. Um, so you might have guessed who the person is who didn't want to speak first on this match. Um, so now having heard the other people's opinions, Logan, um, are we are we are we in line with you or are are you going to be are you going to be uh, stepping out of line? Let's put it that way. <laughs> I went slightly higher. I went three on it. I, I really love yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I, LT does get very gassed in this, but I just feel like everything he throws is with like a ton of uh, mm-hmm. momentum and like a ton of purpose. Everything. I mean, he does throw a bunch of forearms. That's right. But those last like two or three that he hits on Bam Bam to really, you know, and especially the final kill shot uh, of the last one to get the victory is just. Uh, I, I love how how he throws them and um, just how it comes off uh, throughout the match. Um, huge spot for Bam Bam, like y'all have said. Considering he was pretty much doing nothing before this, he was in a tagged title tournament final where he lost a one two three kid and Bob Holly at the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, obviously they were setting this match up there because he pushes him after the match. But um, you know, he really wasn't doing much but million dollar corporation stuff. So. Uh, big spot for him to kind of emerge into. Um, LT immediately shows he's not a scrub in the ring. He lays in some shots, some big clotheslines, really rocks the big man. Um, I think this is one of. I think this is the first like really really good uh, celebrity match. T Hogan versus Piper and uh, Orndorff is good, but I, I like like Matt said. I have more of a nostalgia for this time period than I do that one, so I'm not as high on that one. I guess. Uh, it's not a bad match, obviously, but I think this one's really good. Um, the in-ring technique obviously isn't top-notch. It's real a lot of punches, a lot of strikes, a lot of just grinding down and wearing down. But I, I enjoy that kind of match uh, for the most part. Like I said, every shot and move feels like it means something. Uh, I think it's insane that LT took the moonsault from Bam Bam. I thought that was a pretty sick spot. Um, also insane that, like I said, Bigelow is kind of in this spot here. Uh, and isn't even in the company by the end of the year. He's gone uh, before 96 happens, so uh, he's in the main event of WrestleMania, and then he's not even in the WWF by the time 96 rolls around, so crazy stuff there. Um, you, the problem with it is, is you kind of have to turn him babyface. I feel like he was getting over with the crowd, and I feel like after this, he's really over with the crowd 
because you know he he emerged in end this uh this match and you know really put on a good show so uh, I almost feel like he had to turn him but I mean I guess once SummerSlam rolls around you could turn him back uh, just to make it fit with Diesel but I think obviously a lot of rumors out there I think he was the best of friends or was uh, very very uh, warm with the click so I don't I think they uh, quickly kind of pushed him down and like you know, like we don't want this guy wrestling with us, and we don't want him getting a big push. So, you know, obviously they had a lot of clout. So, uh, I don't think they had the best relationship with any of those guys. So, um, but sad to see him uh, not really get much from here because this was a hell of a performance. And like I said, uh, LT was pretty worn out uh, quickly in the match. So, Bam Bam had to do a lot of the grunt work. But that was a hell of a performance by both guys. In a minute, my my mind's blown yet. The the click were politicking against somebody. You say? <laughs> uh, well, they, they, they have you know. So, so, we, we love them, but they have their they have their bad parts too. So you know. This is. I mean, this is one of those occasions, right? We have used the word basic to describe at least two other matches on this card tonight. But this on this occasion with this match and the crowd heat, basic is what this match needed and it was more than good enough for to carry things. Right. And like, it, like, it's a match that makes sense to be that it's basic. It's a celebrity, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like like you say, like LT can only do a few things, but like what he could do is really good. Like that forearm is a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. You, you might have been hit a bit snug, like so JR was probably loving it, but like mm-hmm. you, if you can if you can throw a forearm like that, just keep doing it, I say. Don't just don't make it like a side suplex. <laughs> oh, yeah. By God, pal, he threw forearms like that back when he played for North Carolina. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> could you imagine JR on this match? <laughs> like why Vince had to do interviews in the Iowa, so he wasn't like he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like like after the match, they even do they even like foretell the the uh, splitting off, don't they? Because they have DBLC basically chewing Bigelow out the way out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know you you know you know what's coming for the big man, sadly. And like Logan says, he's pre- he's pretty much gone. But yeah, Survivor Season, his last match. Yeah. Yep. yep that's right. Yep. Uh, pa- apparently he was an apparently he was an embarrassment to the Million Dollar Corporation. Oh, it's early days yet. This is this is the million dollar corporation with Tanker, Nikolai Volkov, and King Kong Bundy in it. I, I was mm-hmm. if I didn't know any better, uh, Ben, I could have thought that, that might have been a natural uh, it could, cut it, in it, there because he faces it, the natural at Survivor Series. To be fair, it could have been, but you know, we we we, we only just set out what a show. We don't want to we don't want to overplay the image. <laughs> I almost just started singing again. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> If I'd have thought about it, we'd have put it in here, but you know that would have required me to actually put some thought. As, as, as you know, as, as I'm around here, you know, planning and forethought on these pods doesn't take that long. Thought. That's just tomfoolery. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, and then, so that is the end of the show because they rather quickly cut away at, right at the end because, like I say, LT is gas slash injured so they don't want to show for too long so it's the end of the show but it's not the end of our show as we have some awards to give out um so let's go to logan first uh best match of the night logan um sean and diesel sean diesel uh same for you matt yeah it's gotta be sean and diesel here uh callum clean sweep oh yeah cool uh, yeah i went i went i went diesel and sean uh callum worst match 
Oh, oh God. Um, <laughs> Sophie's choice, yeah. Um, Bundy take her. Take her. Take, take her. Take her. Bundy, I think. Mm. Uh, Matt. Yeah, that match fucking sucked. It's got to be Taker Bundy. <laughs> um, again, I think we might have another clean sweep, Logan. Uh, yes. Yes, because I went there. I went there too. Um, so, Matt, we have our next award. Most surprising match of the night. Um, surprising as always. Surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Uh, I was surprised at just how bad Bretton Backlund was. I don't remember it being that terrible. Like, I remember it not being great, but I don't remember it being, like, not even two stars bad for me. I would, I would, agree, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, Callum, same question to you. Um, well, I think watching it now for a, from a more analytic point of view, as we do, as opposed to like just watching it in the background, it was surprising just how much of a disaster most of that show was. From the technical <laughs> difficulties to the yep. matches being absolutely rubbish, just it was unbelievable. Just how wrong this was, how wrong this went. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you a bit, because you remember this show for being bland, but you just don't remember for being this bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's so bad that King was even talking, like, he was even moaning about on commentary, the technical difficulties they were having. Uh, Logan, how about you? Have you got, have you got a, a, a surprisingly good or surprisingly bad match? Um, yeah, I, I'll go surprisingly good. I, I was... Uh, for for this viewing specifically, I was I was surprised how good the uh, tag title match was. I, it really surprised mm-hmm. me that I, I enjoyed it as much as I did. And one of my favorite King lines throughout the night was like, he, he said he was. They were talking about the technical difficulties, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'm having te- technical difficulties. I can still hear you, Vince." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went. I went. To, I've got two uh, surprisingly bad. Uh, Matt's mentioned it, the backland match, and surprisingly good. I am going to go with the main event because that was one of those. You know, I remember it was. I remember it was okay, but I don't. I didn't remember it was this good. And, and like that, I think Bigelow deserves a hell of a ton of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, now, Callum and Logan, we have our next award, which is the Sean Kidd shit taker of the night. And I, I think we need to retire this award because we, the three of us, and you know, when we have our guests on now. We seem to agree far too much. I think I think it's just proved that Sean was really the problem round here. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna love that when he listens. I mean, the award was named after him for a reason, right? That, that, that is true. That is true. But we we haven't. I, I honestly don't think any of us have got a shit take for like the last few months. I mean, according to us three, at least. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're maybe not the best judges of your own yeah, taste. That's true. I mean, if you want, if you want something in there, I'm quite happy to nominate myself because I think it's popular. It's an unpopular opinion of mine that King of the Ring '95 isn't as bad as everyone says. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Callum yeah, saying King of the Ring is yeah. good. Yeah. Never, no, never said it was good. I just said it uh, wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. Tenth worst, tenth worst show of all time according to us. We've done thirty-five of these boys. So yeah, I, like, think it, I think it's about. <laughs> I think it's about to become the eleventh worst. Yeah, I think you might be right. Um, <laughs> uh, next award is the fashion statement of the night. Callum, I mean, there was a few good contenders here. I mean, I, I think there was one runaway winner, but you know, I, I'll, I'll leave it to you to see if you mention anything else before I mention what I think won it. 
Well, I think I know what you're going to what you're going to say is one. So I would like to I would like to put in an honourable mention for Nick Tarturo's red waistcoat. That was that was lovely. Yes, I will I will agree with that. Um, yes, yeah, so and what I what I think w- should win it is uh, the kids' uh, Japanese inspired kimono gar- kimono garb, which was you know lo- lovely. I think a lo- a lovely look and probably and possibly maybe a drug infused sale by the vendor. I mean I'm. I'm only guessing, you know, that the kid might have smoked something beforehand. I mean, that doesn't sound like him at all. Um, Matt, how about you? Any any other any other honourable mentions or things you want to put forward? Yeah, uh, I liked LT's what LT was wearing, the football jersey with the WrestleMania stuff on it. I thought that was a good touch, so uh, I'll mention that. Yes, uh, Logan, is there anything that's going to beat the kid? Or I, I, I like Sean's... Uh... Uh, white and uh, red tonight. I feel like it's a real classic look for him. I feel like there's a lot of figures made of this, Sean, and he's been on a couple of video games with that outfit, so I'll go Sean. Uh, I'll also mention that one of the photographers at ringside wearing a very bright bird <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> you know, yes. Now, I, I don't think we really mentioned the photographers much at ringside. Do we, do we think they were there for, who do we reckon they were there for, Pammy or LT or both? Probably both. Yeah. Yes, both. all yeah. of the above. <laughs> all of the above. I thought so. Um, our, so the most important award that we give out on this show is uh, is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? I think, Callum, from what you said, I might know your answer. Oh, this is this is chicken shit every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Mm. What a lovely, what a lovely hearty meal that would be. <laughs> Uh, Matt, Matt, I mean, you you picked this, so uh, you know you can apologise for the good ladies and gentlemen. Now you can. Uh, yeah, I was just I was just about to apologise. It's funny that you said that. This is my fault. So up, uh, one thousand <laughs> apologies to, to all of you for for subjecting you to this. Because yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt about it. This is I was of the mindset that uh, for a while this was a better show than WrestleMania Nine, but uh, after watching it here, uh, there is zero fucking chance that this is better than wrestlemania 9 in my mind so uh and wrestlemania 9 was chicken shit so therefore uh wrestlemania 11 is absolutely chicken shit we we try to put a positive spin on things but some so, some things you just can't I'm, I'm, speaking of which let's go to the king he might be as well he might be the prince of inappropriateness but he is the king of the analogy on this show um logan go for it okay so this is something i've discussed a lot in group chats uh Maybe, maybe not every group chat that I've ever been in, but Burger King's fries used to be really good. <laughs> I loved them. They were my favorite part about going to Burger King. I, I love going there as a kid because they had really good fries, and I liked their burgers and everything. Well, somewhere in the mid-2000s, maybe late-2000s, early-2010s, they changed their formula. Uh, so, and, and they are absolute dog shit now, just the worst plainest pieces of shit that you could possibly eat so my analogy here is i am super nostalgic for this 1995 period uh so i I go to burger king sometimes hoping that maybe maybe i'll just get that batch of fries that's really good (laughs) but they're just always awful it's 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 the show is shit but i'm nostalgic for the time period so i have a i have a sweet spot in my heart for it 
but I know deep down that it's not very good. Logan's hoping Logan's hoping to change the oil this time, but it's always <laughs> WrestleMania eleven, the Burger King French fries of wrestling pay per views. <laughs> All right, we we need to we need to write Joe. What's that not a good analogy though? It was. <laughs> I, I it. So, gentlemen, this is the fourth WrestleMania we have covered here on Chicken Salad. Um, so, if I give you the if I give you the rankings of the other three, and then we can sort of decide whether it's going to go above that or not. Well, but it will be it will be going above, I think, because we as I said, we've done thirty four shows uh, before tonight. Um, so, would it surprise you to know that WrestleMania nine is as low as twenty eighth on our list? So, there are only. Yeah, there are only six shows that we thought were better than WrestleMania 9 that we've covered somehow. <laughs> that atmosphere goes a long way with WrestleMania that 9. Is, that it's really another nostalgia it. show, too. It's just, it hits the sweet spot for some reason. 20, 22 is WrestleMania 16. And then our highest or lowest ranked WrestleMania, however you look at it, is nine, we have at number 19, WrestleMania 27. Oh, that's tough because I hate both of those shows. Yeah. yeah. Too. <laughs> um, 16's completely buoyed by the uh, the triangle ladder match. So yeah, yep. th- th- that's yeah, the only thing it's got going for. I, I honestly think yep. we probably should put should have put that lower, but uh, that's where we landed when we did that show. So twenty seven, twenty seven does well. Twenty seven has Punk Orton, but also has Cole and Lawler, so that's why. Yeah. But it also has Snooky. It also, it, oh yes, yeah, is that it a positive or a negative? <laughs> it, 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 it is a statement. <laughs> right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out the, the the shows that are immediately above this, and then we can we can rank it from there. So uh, give me a shout when you when we're at a number you're happy with. So eighteen, Bash at the Beach two thousand. Seventeen, Great American Bash ninety nine. 16, No Way Out 05, 15, Uncensored 95. I would say this is worse than Uncensored 95. You know, 14, yep, 14 SummerSlam 2010. 13, Royal Rumble 06. At number 12 was the very first show that we did, and it's a it's a show that's known as the Gold Standard of Badgers, and we were very at 12th worse. And that's the Great American Badger 91. And I would say this is worse than that. I don't know about you. So I'll tell you, if it were me, I would slot this show as... I I think this show is better than In Your House, D-Generation X, but worse than Great American Bash 91. Uh, Yeah, I I, 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 I get that. I'm there, because I don't think it's as... Sorry, Callum, I don't think it's as bad as King of the Ring 95. Uh, it's fine. Wait, Callum's uh, talking. He has this in the top five. So. Oh, I, I was, I was, I was going to slot this between Starcade '97 and Fall Brawl '99. <laughs> but I mean, it's your show. I'm just a guest. But we no, no, we live, no, we live in a democracy. I am quite happy to bow down to the masses, and we'll just, um, we'll put that. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. If, if you guys are are on all three, you're on board with putting it at twelve. Then that's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go with that. To be honest, to be honest, Cal, I I think I think looking at what's above it, I just don't I just can't put it any higher because like the Halloween Havoc in ninety two is a steaming pile of shit. So so Survivor Series ninety nine and those WCW pay per views that are all above it are all worse are all worse than this. Like I 
I think it's a one-two punch, the world title and the Lawrence Taylor thing saves things slightly. Yes, I didn't I didn't think Nick have up needed to was bad at this, but everything above that, other than a couple, were on were were, were before my time. So I, I, mean, just, I, I just I'm noticed her top sevens all WCW. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy, up, really. I'm happy to stick it I'm happy to stick it at twelve. We made we made mention the last time Matt was on this show, and that was Super Brawl two thousand. That not only had the James Brown appearance, but also Big Al versus Tank Abbott. There's nothing yeah. quite as bad as that on this. <laughs> it's a good point. Although that was a negative five star classic, according to some. Yeah. Yes, this match didn't have attempted murder on it. But yeah. But what if it did? It would make it so much better. <laughs> it would. It really, really would. Um, so that is that is it. Let's go around the table for some plugs. Uh, first of all, Matt, uh, thank you so much for coming on and being our special guest tonight. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug or direct the, la- the good ladies and gentlemen to? Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to once again be your WrestleMania correspondent, so uh, great to be here as always. Uh, You can find me over on the North-South Connection on the Extreme Three-Way Dance, where we cover and go through the land of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Uh, We are currently in 1998. Uh, I believe by the time you are hearing this, our Living Dangerously 98 review episode should be out or close to coming out, so give that a listen. And uh, my other show on the North-South Connection Connection is GC Dub Colony Game Changing Podcast, where we go through the world of Game Changer Wrestling. So uh, that is myself and Jennifer Smith on that show, and that is a ton of fun to do. It's basically a recap show of everything that happens each month in GCW. So uh, uh, give that a listen. There's video versions of both of those if you want to stare at my face for some godforsaken reason. But uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at msusa1991. Who who wouldn't want to stare at your face about that? <laughs> uh, that's that's awfully kind of you, <laughs> uh, Callum. Um, like we've mentioned all night, the uh, the the Twitchy EST show on the place to be uh, made a grand return this last weekend as we as we are recording this. It did only the 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 PTBN's best and great BEST and great EST. Uh, the great and the good of um, place to be wrestling came out for both nights of WrestleMania. I I was only on for the Sunday, and hand on heart, I can say hands down, I think that might have been the best Twitch uh, watch along we have ever had. Um, it was, it was just, it was, it was full of insightful comment and just mm-hmm. bullshit a lot of the time as well. It was wonderful. That is on the archives on. Uh, YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash at PTB Wrestling uh, on there. It's also in the archives on Facebook uh, at PT, uh, facebook.com forward slash PTBN Live. Um, I think we're going to probably do backlash, keep the momentum going because WrestleMania didn't kill the town. Depends on what's happening in the next couple of weeks with regards to the uh, the creative side of things. Um, but backlash May the 6th. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation it will find it on there as well as youtube and facebook um yeah come along uh, because if we keep the momentum up it's going to be another it's going to be another excellent night 
look, you say we you say we might do another one, but we know we are, and, and Matt will agree to this because who's hosting Backlash? Come on, come on, Callum. Oh, of course, it's it's Mister B Bunny. Um, yeah, right. If he doesn't, well, possibly he did. Apparently, he did as we're recording this on the Raw after WrestleMania just the other night. It separated his shoulder and the table spot. Oh no! <laughs> Thanks, Damien Priest. You've just ruined the Backlash main event. <laughs> I always knew I hated Damien Priest. <laughs> you bastard. Just for that reason. Matt's going to hop on the plane to Puerto Rico and hop the guardrail. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's about time, it's about time that, someone does something about him. He's going to be... Work. Well done, Callum. Here's, here's, a, here's a thingy. Here's a, here's a call back to uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. Archives in the place to be uh, pod, place to be dot podbean dot com. Um, when uh, Chris Candido's brother hopped the guardrail to join that four way tag with Alex Shelley, <laughs> oh, that's going to be God. Matt. He's going to he's going to hop the guardrail and join. He's going to be he's oh. going to be on the remainder of um, the LWO. Matt um, Bunny, they'll call me. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was going to say that is the deepest of deep cuts, Cal. <laughs> right, I I barely remember it. Jesus. <laughs> And speaking of highway to the impact zone, let us go to the host of that podcast for any any anything he would like to plug while he's here, Logan. Bye, bye, Mister Chris. <laughs> I can't even say it at this point. Uh, damn. Um, YouTube roulette. Uh, we find the best and worst on YouTube and live watch those. That's Jake, Matt, and Schiff and myself. Um, Highway to the Impact Zone, uh, we're building towards Lockdown 2006. Um, as far as what else I have on the wrestling feed, who's next? I have that with Andy Atherton. Uh, we're talk- we talk about current day NXT. And then on the North-South Connection, I have the Seven Months of Danger. That's also with the same guys that I just said. I uh, uh, put in Sean for uh, Jake on that one. Uh, and Jake actually does join us for pay-per-views. Um, but that's going over the Dangerous Alliance storyline. And then I have a new documentary pod with Jenny and Roger, and we uh, it's called Talking Docs, and our first episode just came out about the Heaven's Gates Cult of Cults. So check that out. Uh, I mean, how many... You're, you're only about halfway through all your seven months of danger, so you know, <laughs> only another eight, 84 parts to go. <laughs> I, think, I, I think we have... I think we have three recording sessions left, so about six episodes. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. The end is in sight. The end is near. We're building towards Wrestle War. Oh, oh, I love that match. I love that (laughs) so much. Um, I will very quickly mention, uh, because Callum is the host of this podcast, but I will mention it because I'm awesome on it, um, with Logan, and that is Starflation, where uh, we we, seven stars just aren't enough now. Or five, is it five stars aren't enough, Callum? I I forgot the catchphrase of our own podcast. (laughs) Well, five stars aren't enough, yeah. Yes. And we we, we regrade everything uh, up to uh, Lord Meltzer's new seven-star scale. Yes. Um, I, 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 did, did, did he do the WrestleMania matches yet? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did he? Did he? What? what did he, I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking out loud. I should have maybe pre-told the boys I was going to ask this. I'm, I'm guessing Gunther and Drew and Sheamus managed to get break five. It must have done. Yep. That and the tag match from the first night got five. Yes, absolutely. Quite right. Quite right too. 
Uh, yeah, but we, we don't do modern matches. It's uh, from 2017, uh, predating 2017. Um, we're, are we recording that tomorrow night? Are we, Callum? Is that right? Am I yes, that right? as we record, yes. we're doing it tomorrow night. And the, the, the last episode was a, was a history breaker um, because yes. we actually we actually downgraded the match that we watched. Quite so. right as well. There was no controversy there. Quite rightly downgraded. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for uh, for Callum and Logan, uh, thank you very much again to Matt for coming on tonight, Mr. Souza. Uh, and remember, everybody, in a world where you can be anything that you want to be, be kind and be sexy. <laughs> I'm Ben. Uh, so that's Matt, that's Callum, that's Logan. Uh, we will see you again next month for Chicken Sam. Thank you so much for listening. I guess now it's time I think it's time Got a picture of you beside me Got your lipstick marks still on your coffee cup Oh, yeah Got a fist of your emotion Got a head of shattered dreams Gotta leave it, gotta leave it all behind now Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I just want you back for good. Want you back, want you back, want you back for good. Whatever I'm wrong, just tell me the song and I'll sing it. You'll be right and understand. Want you back, want you back, I want you back for good. Unaware, but underlined. Figured out the story.